When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Florida's capital city. This is the Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness on Real Talk 93.3. Now, stop what you're doing and listen closely. It's time for the Jeff Cameron Show in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. This would be the Jeff Cameron Show right here on 93.3 Real Talk Radio War Chant TV. Great to be with you on a Redemption Thursday. Appreciate you joining us. I'm Jeff. That's Tom. Director Matthew in the house on Twitter. It's at J Cameron Show. Driving about maybe out there listening to the program on 93.3. Appreciate you doing that. Thank you for listening. And if you're watching on War Chant TV, appreciate you as always. Jumping on in and watching the YouTube feed. Got the wagers set to go here momentarily. And, uh, you know, the week always takes on a feel. There's always things that happen along the way that give you good vibe, bad vibes, whatever it might be. And, uh, you know, this Thursday is always the, you know, the Redemption Thursday show is always where I kind of feel like I unveil that. Like, okay, th- this is where I'm at right now on these things. First of all, did you enjoy your birthday dinner last night? Did you have a good night? I did. Thank you. It's a quiet good. night in. Sometimes that is just what the doctor ordered. Yeah, almost always. It's uh, <laughs> That's usually the it's case. Almost true. always. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Quiet nights of, of not doing much is a good thing. Uh, I try. You know, I tried my damnedest, Tom, because I, I value football, and I value football season, and I value every game. You know, I'm the guy that for years – Champion more bowls, not less bowls. You know, I would always tell you there's no such thing as a bad bowl. More bowls. Another opportunity to gamble. Another opportunity to watch a game. We're running out of games. The sand is through the hourglass, and you begin to see it, and you say, you know, really need to need to take these in while I can. I don't want to get all, you know, regretful. Yeah, I think that was probably my favorite programming outside of our show and outside of uh, March Madness. That we had on the old station. Setting up the bowl schedule? I mean, no, just the, the ton of bowls that we aired. 
I mean, oh, Director Matthew knows yeah. those uh, yeah, we clocks did. we had to schedule were ridiculous. That was fun. Because you'd, you'd lose, like, all your spots because yeah. it takes up, you know, noon to midnight. But when you're going holiday shopping or checking in with somebody, yeah, going to a holiday party. you jump in and you're like, oh, the game's on. It could be 2 o'clock on a Thursday and there's a bowl game. And it was just a very comforting feeling. That's why I love bowl season. Anytime you're out and about doing something for a two-week period of time, there's always a bowl game to check on, and I appreciate that. So, uh, last night, Tom, Jacksonville State was taking on uh, FIU, and if you, this is where I was going with that. I tuned in. First of all, that stadium, the Ricardo Silva Stadium there in Miami, Florida, the famed Ricardo Silva Stadium, is a piece of garbage. That field is asinine. It's impossible. It ruins it for your television. Like, if you try to sit and watch it because the field, it's awful. It's just awful. Looks like they're playing on a slab of concrete that's wet. And so, I I hate it. So, I sat down last night. I'm like, you know what? I've got some action going tonight in the NBA. I had some totals that I was working with. Ah, uh, yes, games. that's that's a big sport in your house. Yeah, and so I was excited about that, and it lived up. We had like four or five one-point games, really good stuff there. It was I had a good time with it. Anyhow, but I wanted to watch. I told my son, I said, hey, listen, you you start, you monitor our NBA wagers, and I am oh, going to watch this no, football game no, over no, here. No, yeah. no, no. And so that's he said. Is that sure. Clark? No, no, no. That was Bryce. Bryce okay. was going to watch the games anyhow. So now I've just incorporated him into my bets. Oh my goodness! And so I said, "All right, you monitor our wagers there." I I got him league pass a couple years ago. He watches every game. He's, you want to know what the hell's going on in the league? Ask Bryce. Give him a yeah. call. Yeah, Bryce. If you can help me hit sixty percent in November, I'll renew league pass for so, you next year. So that's not the way I operate. I'm going to have it anyhow. But and and I do my own research because my son doesn't really know what he's looking at at this point. Come on, it's he's not a seasoned vet. But uh, but anyhow. But he can tell if the Spurs are up by six or four. That's right. Yeah. And so I end up, I'm watching this football game. I'm like, all right, a little Conference USA action on a Balls McWednesday evening. I'm going to sit back and watch it. Couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. First quarter, Jacksonville State starts kicking FIU's ass in the first quarter, and I went, I'm done here. This is, I can't watch this game. Who are we kidding? I, yeah. I was mad at myself. I tried to, my wife. Bless her heart. She tried to watch it with me. She sat down. We had just got done with dinner. We were oh, we were about to eat dinner. We had just got done fixing dinner. She sat down. She's like, what are we watching? I go, well, Jeopardy just finished, and we're about to watch Jacksonville State versus FIU. And she's like, there's nothing nothing else on that we could watch together? I'm like, eh, I kind of want to watch a football game. She's like, all right, I'll watch the game with you. Cool, cool. So we start watching, and I think I beat her to the punch because once they scored the second touchdown, I was like, this is – She's like, right, right. Why don't we flip, flip, flip it around here? But it's mainly because I can't stand the aesthetic, the visual. I don't know who the hell they were consulting with when they laid down that track, but it's awful. It's awful. 50 bucks is what they said. Man, it's What does just, 50 bucks get us? It's not getting it done, man. Not much ROI on Conference USA football on a Wednesday night, so here's just 50 bucks. not getting it done. I thought it was garbage. Meanwhile, if you watched UTEP and Sam Houston last night, you got yourself a 37-34 barn burner, but I had fallen asleep. I missed it. I missed it at the Elliott T. Bauer Stadium there in Huntsville, Texas. Could have tuned in and caught a classic. Elliott T. T, as he was known to his friends. Yeah. Old Sam Houston didn't figure to make that a game. They were uh, 0-7 coming into it, 0-5 in Conference USA. But there they were battling it out, and I missed what was a compelling matchup there at the end. They still lost. So now they're 0-8 in conference play. Tough times at uh, Sam Houston. But uh, back to where we're at. 
it's a sneaky good week again for gambling and for picks and for matchups, but also the week has given me a feel. And I don't like the feel. I don't like the feel. I feel like we're a little disjointed going into the game Saturday. And it's not because of the hilarious segment you and I did yesterday to start hour two. It's because I think, well, first of all, that place gives me the heebie-jeebies. The other part of that is they're really well coached. So they're always prepared, even if they're not good. They are prepared. Like, the funny thing to me watching Syracuse that week coming in was, again, listening to Dino Babers, he had conceded the game. He sounded ridiculous. And he coached that way. Yes. Yes. And so I thought, well, man, you have no interest in being here this weekend. You have no interest in competing. You don't think you guys have any shot in hell. You're letting everybody in the world know that. Your players certainly can hear it or pick up on it in the locker room. I thought he did a disservice. They wouldn't have won, but he did a disservice to his team with that mentality. Clawson's never going to do that. There's a right way and a wrong way to praise people. We'll hear some audio later from Clawson, but I, just, it's just interesting to me. Like Their they're game, they want to play. They, they want to win the game. They're going to fight. They're going to play hard. That's what they're going to do. And then, to their credit, that's what Wake always does under Clawson. They do play hard, and they are well-prepared. They don't always have the horses to get the job done, but they're going to be where they're supposed to be, and they're going to be you know, uh, fairly buttoned up, pretty disciplined. Let's put it that way. So if you make some mistakes and you do something stupid or you overlook them in some way or you're not playing great with the requisite intensity necessary, then you can find yourself in a ball game. And I just get this uneasy feeling we're going to find ourselves in a bit of a ball game, not lose the game. I'm not here to tell you on a Thursday that we're going to lose, but I am telling you that I think, you know, we're beat up enough. I'll just leave it at that. We're beat up enough physically where guys at various positions have been nursing things off and on. We know that from the practice reports, okay, guys? That's not a mystery. You know, you get a report of guys in a boot. You get a report of another guy's not out there. And then you get another report that a guy, you know, was held out of practice today. And then you, you know, and it, it just kind of adds up to a disjointed feel about the game, really more than anything else. That's what it does. Now, Florida State might, absolutely be talented enough to go in and boat race that week forest team regardless they could they could and i and i will concede that that is very possible and you know this would be uh i guess unwarranted uh concern but i i just feel like it's gonna look ugly like i think we're gonna win the game and i think we'll even win the game fairly comfortably but i think it's gonna kind of look ugly and um lord knows that wouldn't be surprising for us on the road but it also wouldn't be surprising given the opponent and the location. Yeah, I'd say working backwards, looking at Wake's schedule and, and the games that they've played. So you've got Pitt last week where they won miraculously. Had no business winning the game. Correct. Um, I mean, that, that game should have probably come down to a field goal either way. But, I mean, given that Pitt had the ball with under a minute to go, the ball game's over. The ball they slide. Game over. That's a terrible call on the slide. He doesn't even start until after the first down line to game. By the way, and you saw Narduzzi this week, the poor yeah. bastard. I mean, he is. Uh, Mike Norvell's comments is that's a, it's a tough way to lose a ball well, game. Well, it's a tough call. I mean, yeah. they really it's jobbed wrong. It's the wrong call. It's the wrong, it's the wrong call. You know, last week was a bad week for calls for officials. I don't know if you saw the Houston-Texas game, but they screwed yeah. Houston bad in that game. There's Yeah, there's some things there. The week before – the, the score reads that Virginia Tech just blows Wake Forest but out of the they water. Didn't. They did not. That game was in touch late into the second half. Seven-point game late in the Cause, third. Because their defense plays hard. Wake's defense plays hard. 
So I'm thinking it's the best as aspect of their team. If people are out there wondering, I'm working backwards and and I'm saying, okay, this defense could cause some problems. But then you watch the Clemson game, and you might say, wow, Wake must have been very very impressive that day. They no, weren't. They weren't that impressive. No, they weren't. So it's 17, you know, whatever it was. Um, it's a one score game late, and it is the check. I mean, I, you know, it's funny. I did not watch that game start to finish until this morning, and that is after we did the segment yesterday, and it checked. All of the boxes from the doomsday game that annoys you, you know, scenario. Oh, yeah, all the weird got, scenarios, yeah. You've got two roughing the passer calls that are ridiculous. Well, that's every week in college and pro football, by the way. You've got a holding call that's That's ridiculous. my North cause du jour, by the way. I'm done with this nonsense. we got to stop treating quarterbacks as if they're not part of the game of football. So Clemson has, is, is the victim of two horrible horrible calls that are going to get them off the field so it's a first down extended mm-hmm. drives mm-hmm. a holding call on offense that is a phantom call for those that don't know they won 17 to 12 17 to 12 there it is they went for two they couldn't get it down the stretch so 17 to 12 is the final clemson muffs a punt klubnik was awful in this game that was a culture that was a culture loss that they won if you watch the circumstances of the game yeah, and the guys the different stuff, times yeah. that they fail that, to me, is actually more damning than the Miami result in, in saying that there's dysfunction within Clemson. But it wasn't because the trenches were dominated by Wake Forest defense against Clemson's offense. No, Clemson passed pro really well. They were able to run some things that both Pitt and Virginia Tech couldn't because they're a better football team. So if you watch just the Clemson game and the balance of it, you feel pretty good about what we can go up there and do on Saturday. But if you only watch Wake Forest play bad competition, you get a little bit worried. All right. So, so the question is, yeah. how seriously do we take the noon kick and the task in front of us. Yeah, that's the part. And I, I I, hope that they're mature enough to handle the responsibility of going up there, providing your own focus, your own energy, your own motivation to dominate a game and get your starters out and to get needed rest and reps for others. We're I mean, going to get our starters out and drive three. Well, you know what I'm saying. Uh, I'd like to get a place to a place pretty early on where if you want to make a decision that ultimately you want to sit somebody for a prolonged period of time, that, that you can do that. It, for Again, recapping who Wake Forest is, they, they okay, their wins, yes, you know about the pit win, which is go back is as improbable as, as you'll see at the end of the game. It doesn't make any sense. They shouldn't have won the game. They were in the game. Tom's right to point that out, but they should not have won the game. They do win the game 21-17. All right. They lost to Virginia Tech 30-13. to they lost to Clemson at aforementioned game we just described that was weird, 17-12. Yeah, Virginia Tech was a closer game than the score would indicate, and Clemson beat Wake up pretty badly more than the score would, more indicate, than the score the would indicate. It's backwards. Now, pretty damning is this one, the one in which they lost badly to Georgia Tech, 30-16. to that, That's not a good look. That's not a good look. And so is this. This is also a problem. I mean, they skirted by and barely beat Old Dominion 27-24. Uh, they did handle Vanderbilt. Most people do. Uh, and they handled Elon in their opener. But they, you haven't seen a game where you think, okay, Wake's a real threat, other than to say that they're, they are well coached and they have some talent on the defensive side of the ball. Tom just wrote an article about this very thing, Warchant.com. Not up yet. Well, it will be on Warchant.com. And I would invite you to, to read it. They do have um, a couple players at safety that I really like. Mustafa is the team captain, number Correct. three. And number ninety one, defensive tackle is was a yes. He is really missed, good player. Missed a ton of tackles the weeks prior to to Pitt, and then he was the best player on the field. I thought last week against Pitt. Yeah, so they've got a couple of dudes that can bother you. They've got aggressive corners. 
Uh, I will give them credit for that. Linebackers tackle exceptionally well, 24 specifically. It's a classic, fundamentally sound defense and football team. They're going to be where they're supposed to be. They're going to be physical. They're going to wrap up. They're going to make you beat them. And you can beat them, but you're going to be made to do so. And there are things that are going to be wide open. You just got to be yeah. man enough to hit them. And if if I, I could have done a cut-up on Klubnik missing wide open dudes that he saw and threw to, he just missed. Yeah. And you're talking about probably four or five explosive plays that are left out there on the field? Well, this begins a tough stretch for Wake, and this is where you'll see that this is probably tough sledding to make a bowl here for this team now. Because you have Florida State, then they're at Duke. That's a tough game for them. That's a tough matchup. Yeah, it's not a good matchup for them. Uh, If you want to bet the under while you still can, Saturday, November the 11th, they take on NC State. Over under 10. I mean, that's, I mean, seriously, let's pound the under while you still got a chance. Then you're at Notre Dame. That's a lot. They've mm. got, there's a lot of problems that lay in wait starting this Saturday, one would think, against Florida State. So let's see if this begins the downward slide. They do in the year on the road against Syracuse. I'd call that a 50 50 game. But, but yeah, I mean, that's, again, this is a stretch where they're going to get beat up a little bit. One thing I do like is that you're catching Pitt, I mean, excuse me, Wake off the pit game, and here's what I mean by that. We're coming off a very physical game against Duke, very physical. No matter what you think of how that played out, Florida State covering and getting the 38 and all that good stuff, it was very physical the whole time. And I kind of knew it would be because that's how Duke plays. If you're a defensive-minded team with a defensive-minded head coach, you've got to be physical, and typically it translates to your offense as well, in which you want to maul people and you want to run the football. they got big backs, so that's what they did. It's a very physical game. Well, Pitt is very physical. They're not very talented right now, but they are very physical. Any Narduzzi team will be. He's a defensive guy. He's a smart defensive guy. He coaches smart defenses who will come up and hit you. They do do that. So these, at least they had to go through a very physical game just like we did going into it. So it's not like one has a distinct advantage. Like they're not coming off a game against Elon. They're coming off a game against Pitt. So I just feel like it's going to be a weird sort of feeling out period early with no energy in that stadium per usual. And because we may have some guys out in this game, and I don't know how many, I'm not allowed to tell you either way, but we may have some dudes out here. So you may have some guys in rather unfamiliar positions or positions that they haven't had a lot of opportunities this year. And if that's the case, you could just be a step off. You could just be out of sync offensively. If you're out of sync offensively and they're pretty good on defense, you can see some empty possessions. I'm not worried about it because I don't think Wake is going to light you up offensively at all. In fact, the it, the only area in which Wake has a chance to make this interesting is if their defense plays light out, lights out because their offense is, is not going to do a lot. Uh, once again, I would predict this be a, a tough day at the office for an offense against Florida State's defense. But you just feel like you could see a disjointed contest and the next thing you know, you're kind of like, this is annoying. This is kind of annoyingly close, you know, where all of a sudden it's, uh, you know, scenario 17 to 7 in the third. You're like, all right, let's let's go ahead and pull away here. Right. Something silly happens. You just know, and, yeah, yeah, not to relive yesterday's segment. Right, yeah. But you know that one touchdown ends the game. Yeah, you're this you know, close. It's, You've it's been, yeah, just, let's do it here. Like, let's knock it out here. Yeah. When we pushed it to 31 this past Saturday, the game is the over. The game is the over. The moment that Toa Feely is inside the five and nobody's in front of him, yeah. you're just, it's you're a nice like, little oh, you're like, That's your ball game. Exactly. Thank you. They're not coming back from this. No. And you knew it. And you knew their offense couldn't. And and Wake will be and that's the other part of this. You know, you get you get yourself in a position to dominate and play downhill and you get up a 
couple scores, I think Wake is in trouble and it could be a blowout. Yeah. Well, of the two guys that could start, the Santucci kid who played last week as the backup, that was his first career start. Mm -hmm. If they do get Mitch Griffiths back... He's nothing to write home about. He's not, but he at least runs their mesh thing, Mm -hmm. and he's got the the patience and all that stuff to do it. And I I am going to look for, and and we're doing the pregame show at 11 o'clock in the morning on Saturday. I do want to see, and I will research the name of the official from the Clemson game. Because if he's the head official on Saturday, you get at nervous noon, about roughing calls. I, well, the thing is, you know, this is you already want the rules to be a little bit tamped down on when it comes to protection of the quarterback. But well, when get, you're allowed to ride a mesh point, basically up the center's wazoo, and you can still garner up roughing the passer call after yeah. being hit. I mean, come no, on now. Yeah. No, no. You're almost a runner in that situation. Because that guy, sometimes the head official has nothing to do with it. The umpire is an idiot. He just has to be the one to relay the call to the people. He's right, the messenger. Right. That stinks. But then in the situation with the roughing the passer, the head official with the white cap is your guy, one way or the other. So I'm just hoping it's not this dude. Uh, he looks like the guy from SVU, Law & Order SVU. Regardless if it's Griffiths or Kern or Mariucci uh, or Marucci or whatever, this is their this is the output dating back to ACC play start. Georgia Tech was their first ACC game in September. 176, 137, 166, 151. I mean, that is not going to get it done in the passing game. I mean, if we're if we're sitting around here averaging 150, 148, uh, that's why the success rate is 92. Yeah, yeah. That's a very low success rate. That's there's only 131. You're 92nd. That's a toughie. So that. We shouldn't be all that worried about the passing game is what I'm getting at, right? I shouldn't be all that worried about it. Um, so, we, by the way, that the, the high rushing for uh, Wake in the last um, three games, whew, that'll hurt your feelings as well. 60, 35, and 90. Okay. Okay. That's, again, struggling a little bit on offense. So, Florida State should be able to handle things nicely via the defense. Redemption Thursday wagers. Let's get to them. We'll do it momentarily. Jeff Cameron Show 93.3, Real Talk Radio, and War Chant TV. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back guaranteed. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hello there, podcasters. Oh, don't worry. I won't prattle on for two minutes like I do with some of the other reads. Zaxby's doesn't demand it of me. (laughs) Zaxby's like, look, just tell everybody that we have the best chicken sandwich in all the land. That's easy. I can do that. I can attest to that. A delicious, thick, juicy, tasty Zaxby's chicken sandwich is where it's at. Of course, the strips are a given. You like the strips. We get the strips on game days. The platters are lifesavers. Mm-hmm. If you're going to a party, a pool party, say, this summer, and what do I bring? Just bring a beer giant thing. No. and Zaxby's. Worry about the beer. You bring the Zaxby's, you're going to be the hero. Just uh-huh. make sure you get all the sauces, too. They've got like 97 sauces, and they're all delicious. I don't know if you guys know this. There are 27 Zaxby's in Tallahassee alone. 
27. You can't miss them. I think that's true in general in every city in America. They're like so, peach trees in Atlanta. They're everywhere. Look around. Find you a Zaxby's and get after it. By the way, your Tallahassee Zaxby's a proud Golden Chief booster for 18 years. Go Knowles. Welcome back to the Jeff Cameron Show, sponsored by Legendary Home Loans, a mortgage experience designed around speed, simplicity, and customer service. Before you buy your next home, contact our friend Shannon Young with Legendary Home Loans. Visit FSUHomeLoans.com, FSUHomeLoans.com. Sorry, everybody. I wish you guys could hear the conversation occasionally. Uh, <laughs> what are the odds behind the scenes? I didn't. I just now thought about what you told me, and then what I told you in return. And you're like, "Oh, this gets better by the second. <laughs> and it was an innocent thing. Yeah. Yep. Sure was. <laughs> what you get for trying to be a good guy you know the dog in that meme where the the video the little clip like it's vietnam he's got the flashback eyes oh yeah and you you see see him driving home (laughs) at the red light oh my goodness gracious sorry guys he'll comport himself he's a pro don't you worry Oh, let's do some Redemption Thursday wagers, everybody. Let's get to, thanks to our friends at the Metro Deli. <laughs> don't see why not. Oh, boy. I don't, I'll don't. i be interested to see which ones you hit the siren for, because I don't think there are that many today. I think there's maybe a couple that I can see. Yeah, there's, uh, there's one maybe late in the going here. Maryland minus 13 and a half against Northwestern. I think, generally speaking, if you bet against Northwestern every week, you're turning a profit. I think you could just, before they even come out with the lines on Sunday, you're like, I'm going to bet against Northwestern again this week, and I feel pretty good about that. Less about the matchup, more about the system. Uh, just in shambles. Screw them. Uh, Maryland minus 13 and a half. Texas A&M over South Carolina. Now, you got two very dysfunctional coaches, two very frustrated fan bases and frustrated coaches, Two massive excuse makers who frequently reference their play calls as the perfect call that wasn't executed. One with a broken spirit, another with a broken foot. Right. Somebody today sent in to Coach Speak, and you guys will see it when it drops later tonight, a mashup that made the rounds on Twitter of every time Jimbo Fisher said they just need to execute. And there's a hundred straight execute execution it's just execution a perfect play call but it just wasn't executed guys like you've got to watch this thing it is hilarious did you guys play the whole no we stopped at 44 (laughs) and uh and it's fantastic but there is one time where he goes where he he, it's almost like he's incredulous because of the question and he goes well i mean it was a perfect call we just didn't execute doesn't matter matter what the call is guys you guys always get it wrong the call is fine the call is perfect we just didn't execute. <laughs> Jesus, man, it's the best. You want one of those reporters to go, well, why not? Why didn't you? You've been here for eight effing years. When the hell are you going to execute something? Or six or whatever it is. So 
They'll execute this weekend against a broken South Carolina team, and I'll lay the 14 and a half. Boy, plus the hook. How about that? All in on A&M to win this weekend. Don't you let – you better execute, Jimbo. And we also took the under Texas A&M South Carolina 53 and a half. He's the first quarterback I've ever had <laughs> that cannot throw smash. Damn it. McGuire <laughs> could throw smash. Under 53 and a half for that battle as well. Notre Dame minus 20 and a half against Pitt. I thought Narduzzi sounded, and given their injury problems as well, kind of broken. Did you hear him complaining about officials this week? No, but I, I know that he was he could have. He had the right to. Oh, he was livid. He said, you know, sometimes you just feel put upon. And he and he went on to say, I won't get into it with you guys. So you don't know what I hear back from the league each week when I submit video of the mistakes that we see in games. But he's in essence referencing, I'm tired of the answers. The answers seem to signify that he's right a lot of times. Like, oh yeah, we missed that one. Well, my man, this is people. This, this is our yeah. livelihood here. This is like we got to stop with that nonsense. Okay, so I've got a theory that I can't prove, but I know that it's true. <laughs> in the last 15 years, no team in the ACC has benefited from officiating blunders, missed calls, maliciousness, whatever you want to call More it. More than Wake. More than Wake yeah. Forest. Go it's back not a couple years. even close. Go back a couple years when we were there. Everybody forgets this, and I will die on this hill. And you know where I'm going. Yes. I think there's a meeting at night with torches and masks, and these all these officials get together, to, you know, and they take they bloodlet, you know, worshiping Wake Forest. I think that's what goes on. Well, look, you go back a couple years in a game we got blown out in. And so because we got blown out, and because there was a ludicrous call for a quarterback with one working foot to try to sneak it in, people forget that that game was turned on its head by two calls back-to-back early that absolutely screwed Florida State. And I, I'm not the guy that complains about this. I don't. In fact, I sometimes admonish our fans for doing so. Just let it go. Everybody gets screwed by calls. Fight through it. Move on. That's typically the way I look at things, unless it's just so egregious that you can't ignore it. But that the was the roughing call. And then the one on the sideline. Yeah, the so late hit. the punt situation yeah. and the late hit on the sideline. Those two calls kept drives alive that ended up in scores and changed the very nature of the game. Quite literally, what you could and couldn't call changed in those moments, and neither of them were even close to being right. And the one guy on the sideline call comes from, like, out of the stands to throw his flag. Yep. He's nowhere mm-hmm. near the play, and he calls it just because they jumped up and down. Like yes, a bunch of bitches <laughs> just jumping up and down like children. And there was nothing that happened on that play that was illegal. I'm still angry about it. I'm still angry about it. Yeah. It was nonsense. And I would tell you that there are three calls that changed the outcome of the game against Clemson. All of them went against Clemson. Clemson still won the football game. But you're talking about impactful moments of nonsense, of nonsense. Yes. I believe it was Wake Forest we were playing when they just outright moved the football. They moved the football. And then we asked Doug Rhodes, rest in peace, about that very situation. And he's like, oh, well, that was a technique issue. Yeah. He says it's, it's not a issue. technique issue when said, you move the ball forward or it backwards. It didn't matter. There were 11 yards to gain on the play. Oh, oh my God. Okay, Doug. I see you. So. It might have been wrong, but it really didn't change the nature of anything. I see. Yeah, okay. okay, yeah. So yeah. you're a results guy. I got you. No, when you get caught on film, that made the rounds. 
it was caught on film. The guy moving the damn ball. Yeah. Now, I might agree with Doug that it was a technique issue more than it was malice. Like, I don't think that guy's like, screw yeah, Florida but Doug's State. Allowed I'm going to say, well, that was ball. ridiculous. He can say that's ridiculous. That can never happen. I can't believe what we're looking at here. That guy was fired. Yeah, no, it's 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 been a tough. Now, I mean this now across the board. No one angle of a of a gripe here. The NFL and college they have got to figure this out. And the game is extremely yes. difficult to officiate. I, I think if you did a breakdown of JCS segments across the year, we'd have Florida State being the biggest you know piece of the pie, and then it's officiating, which I hate. I hate officiating. You know segments. me too. I don't. Well, I don't but we talk about them every week because we have to talk about. Well, them it every comes week up every because week. we have to. But I don't spend a lot of time on it. I move forward. I'm just noting that that where a lot of this that we talk about now started in our effort to get around our arms around safety protocol. And whenever you whenever you push back on a on a way a game is played, any game. Okay, you introduce a new idea. Okay, you say, we've got to get this element out of our sport, whatever it is, whatever it is, where you say, okay, in this case, hitting defenseless receivers, kill shots with the crown of the helmet, uh, the kind of the, the three steps and slamming quarterbacks to the ground after they release the ball. This is all stuff that we agreed with. Like most of us were like, yeah, it's not, not ideal to play football, to have the quarterback subject to the kind of hits we saw in the 80s. Not a good idea. I mean, they're... they're, they're oh, who are we f- kidding? Us in the 90s. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, right. 90s. To the echo of the whistle. Right. Oh, There's oh. video footage of guys taking one, two, three and a half, four steps, launching under the chin. That kind of stuff we wanted out of the game. Romanowski hits, right, where the guy is trying to break jaws for the sake of breaking jaws. It's not a football play. So... You could agree on that and think it needs to be legislated out of the game and that you got to institute some stricter policies on this and that the uh, it has to be more penal. You know, it's not just a 15-yard penalty, but we're going to toss you. Whatever you want to do, right? But somewhere along the way, invariably, you end up crossing a line and going overboard, and they never are quick to come back to the middle. They're never quick to come back and go, okay, well, look. It's like getting rid of a toll booth. Well, that's never going to get rid of. Never going to get rid of. That's what officiating is like, as you add in wrinkles. But what I don't like is that okay, somewhere along the way, you do have to, once you once you confront the violence within the game, and say, all right, look, this is never going to be patty cake. This is always going to be a violent sport. You can do whatever you want in hockey to try to make it a little less violent. It's always going to be a collision sport, a violent collision sport, by definition. It's the old NASCAR example. If you're going 170 miles per hour on a racetrack, I don't care how much safety precautions you put into play, some people are still going to die when their car gets out of control and they go flipping into a wall. It's just going to happen. You're just dead. But now is now that we're all on the same page and we understand that and we've done whatever we can with the Hans device or anything else, I got it. We're doing the best we can. They've done that in football. But you've gotten to where you cannot hit a quarterback without there being real fear of that being a roughing call. Every time a quarterback gets hit, tell me that whole stadium isn't going, like, I can't even celebrate a great moment in the game anymore. If it's, if, it's a late, if it's late in the game and then you put pressure on a quarterback, all right, and it's a, you know, bang, bang play, throws it incomplete, but the camera moves away 
So they're, let's say they're on the road, we're watching it that way, and the camera moves away after he's released it, and you see that the ball's been effective and it's going to land harmlessly, and you're going to get the ball back and win the game. You don't even celebrate. You don't even celebrate because you got to wait and see, did they throw a flag? Because most surely they did since we did hit the quarterback. That's every game. That's every that's the NFL. That's college. And what I don't like is that they come back on the Monday and admit that they effed it up. Well, who cares? It's too late. You've admitted that they screwed it up. But if wouldn't you think as a league or as a sport that you would say, you know, it is kind of weird that every week we have to issue, I don't know, upwards of 30 or 40 apologies for the implement the, the the poorly implemented rule that we 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 beg them to call ad nauseum at one point now that's gone too far. I don't know. I, I worry about it every week. Sorry, I didn't get through the rest of my picks. What are uh, you looking up? I was trying to pull up the clip of the first roughing the passer from Wake and Clemson. I'll find it and and I'll show it. It's um it's a doozy. Well, when they started. When they started implementing, you can't land on them. We were we were in trouble. No, but this is this is a graze, and you're hitting him as he throws. Right. I mean, this is invented. It's out of thin air. Well, there was an invented roughing the passer penalty uh, um, on Josh Allen recently. There was one. There was there've been two or three where you're like, what in the world? But yeah, when they started incorporating, well, you can't land on them. We're playing football, dude. What in the world are you talking about? I can't land on him. You want me to wrap him? I'm not allowed necessarily to no. explode. Through. I got to so, wrap him. So now I've got him wrapped, and I've got to what? Let go as I fall so I can land on my shoulder and not him? Yeah. Get break, the hell out of here. Break my hand? Yeah, They. Uh, the second one of Clemson was, was that. He lands on him, but in wrapping him up, he's hitting him as he throws. Right. It's not even a tick. It's as he throws. The ball is affected yeah, by the hit. fluttered. And they bump into, I think, an offensive lineman, and that's what causes them to fall. And he lands on him. And he lands on him. And so, therefore— Yeah, man, get out of here with that nonsense. All right, pull those picks back up. Let me finish these up. Sorry, got sidetracked by the nonsense that we watch in football all the time these days. Um, yeah, I took Notre Dame, laid the 20-and-a-half. I think Pitt's broken in big trouble. Oregon minus 6-and-a-half against Utah. Do you know how much it hurt my heart to make this pick? Damn it, man. How about me betting against Utah? No, that's a good spot. You got good value here. I got great value here, and I did it, but I hate doing it. Whittingham's like two fingers to my eyes, two fingers back to you, Cameron. That guy just doesn't lose I'm these games. run down their throat. You don't realize that when we watched Oregon-Washington, it was number 12 <laughs> versus number 16 in the country. These aren't two top five teams. I think they top are. Top 10 but... <laughs> teams. <laughs> Purdue money line against Nebraska. Nebraska's just injured beyond reason. They've got three offensive linemen out and some other players out. Give me Purdue on the money line, plus 110. Louisiana Lafayette and South Alabama under 55 here. Not a good feel. <laughs> I've had a good feel for South Alabama this I year. I feel all the way down in my plums. Do not stop with the damn, you know I just saw that out of the corner of my eye. Don't do that anymore. Ohio State minus 14 and a half against Wisconsin. UNC minus 11 against Georgia Tech. Washington State minus 6 against the fighting Kenny Dillinghams. And that is a look at Redemption Thursday. They Jeff do K- fight. Yeah, they do. They do. They fight hard. They don't win, but they fight. Jeff Cambridge, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? 
That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The Cameron Show brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness. Two Tallahassee locations, Midtown on Thomasville Road and Northside in the Village Common Shopping Center. Online at orangetheoryfitness.com. No player prop, asked Tony. I tend to come across my player props these days on Fridays, and I give them out on Fridays if I have them in time. If not, I, I just bet them on my own. But I, I do not want to keep you guys in the dark on player props. We're 10 of 11, 11 of 12, whatever we are on player props this year. Crazy. Best run I've been on with anything since jumping on that Harbaugh Ravens preseason run for a long time, and then Utah and Utah State. Been on some real runs with some teams yeah, lately. Yeah, Utah in the last State. Couple, yeah, yep. UTSA and I became best friends one year. Actually, Wake Forest has been pretty good to me over the years. You can get a lot of value on them. Even you though can. ACC officials will bloodlet and worship them, Vegas does not. And a lot of times you can get value there. My all-timer is still NC State 2014. I was on them six weeks in a row, one, five. And the sixth one, I think there was an injury, so that was the It's a that. good run, man. It's a good run when you find like a key, the thing that unlocks it for you, where you're like, oh, I get this team. I know what they are. Okay. Because it was big. It was a high unit confidence plays every single week. So yeah. that was there are times you're on a better run like Alabama first half. And Ooh, that was a good one for a long time. And they were ten and two that year, I think. Eleven and one that yeah. year. Yeah, and they just stomped first half. I just couldn't bring myself to play it at the level that I played NC State in fourteen. So it was always incremental gains. There's for, four for four or five game stretch where I just bet a lot of money on Alabama first half where I'm like, Nope, they can't find a number high enough. Alabama's out for blood to start these games because he wanted to rest everybody. So they would get up 35 nothing midway through the second. You're like, whoop, there's another cover. Yeah, that was beautiful. Let's hope maybe we're out for blood tomorrow. Who knows? Or Saturday, I should say. Feels like it should be Friday. Feels like it should be Friday to me. I think it's because I've been stuffed up for two weeks. It's also wake week. There's not as much energy for wake week, no matter what you do, no matter the fact that they've beaten us oh, way yeah. too consistently. Yeah. and and we should be fired up for Wake Week. It just doesn't carry the energy because you Never feel does. you feel nothing from the north. You feel nothing up there <laughs> because there is nothing up there. Zero. Yeah, the the slate of games, by the way, uh, if we're just looking at, you know, why I said it was sneaky. You just you, there's some teams that have to take care of business and be careful. So we're one of them against Wake Forest. But Oklahoma plays Kansas. Look, I think Oklahoma's going to beat Kansas, especially with Daniels out. But Again. But, yeah, and I think he may be out the rest of the year, by the way. That's, that's looking look, more and more. That's less a back injury than more I'm, I'm going to back out of this program injury. Well, it's I've got a back problem and I'd like to go play in the pros and I'm not going to put it at risk yeah. kind of decision. Um, you know, Georgia, Florida, could that get sneaky? The 330 with, window's the winner. Without Brock Bowers, it could. Oregon, Utah, same thing. Uh I suppose, you know, Duke-Louisville is a really good example of this. I think it's a terrible spot for Duke. Just a terrible spot. 
they poured everything they had into that game against us. And you can argue, regardless of how it arrived at this place, Duke had the lead in the fourth quarter. They end up getting blown out, but that takes a lot out of you. And you can argue, and this could go, this could really backfire on Elko. Remember the decision a week ago before Florida State Duke was, do you play the kid? Do you play Riley Leonard? Because just because he could get out there doesn't mean he should if he's not even close to 100% for fear that you re-aggravate the injury and you prolong the period of time that he can't be the effective weapon with his legs that he is. Instead, do you wear this one? Do you take this loss as frustrating as as it has to be as a competitor? And Elko is that. I don't want to go in there and just lay down. We could beat this team. I want to give it a go. All right, I hear you. That's your heart talking. But you don't have an ACC loss prior to that. So here's the deal, my man. You could still play in the championship game. Lose the battle. Try to win the war. Rest him another week and make sure that you beat Louisville the following week on the road and put yourself in a position to legitimately make the ACC championship where you'll likely see Florida State again. But he didn't do that. And now that injury was re-aggravated. All accounts are that he's going to try to give it a go, but it's the same type situation. He's got straight-ahead movement, but not lateral movement. Yeah, and you just wrecked your chances of right. you know, a full-strength kid for that game and potentially North Carolina Correct. in the not-too-distant future. Yeah, so that that's an interesting one to take a look at there. Uh, there's not much else. I mean, I don't think Ohio State's going to have problems in the night game against Wisconsin. I guess on paper, Tennessee and Kentucky's kind of interesting, but neither team is a factor. They're both 5-2. and two. Not not a lot. Not a lot. If you're staying up late and you've got yourself a porter, Tom, there is an interesting game because Fish is doing a good job. Oregon State-Arizona could be an interesting game. Mm. Arizona's now 4-3. and three. They're playing very good defense. They've given a lot of people scares. They're pretty consistent. That could be a good football game. Yeah, it could 10, be. 10-30 th- kickoff. That's not bad. We'll see. We'll see. I don't know. Might have a Sunday morning tea time, and this was a great weekend to have a sunny first thing Sunday morning tea time. Well, because the Bucks play tonight, they'll take their ass kicking, and you won't have to worry about missing anything with them, and you can well, just go chill out. Even if I did watch, it's not full-hearted, because you know what you're going to see, which is we need the other team to be bad. But Buffalo might oblige in this spot. Well, Buffalo's played terribly uh, for weeks, basically post-blowing Miami out. They've looked awful. Uh, you can make the argument should have lost every one of those games. Uh, they got the 14-9 to win or whatever that was over the Giants, but it was aided by some nonsense, and uh, they've looked terrible. So who knows? Look, I do think that the Bucks defense, if you're going to circle one thing that might be fairly legit. Fun to watch. Bucks defense is good. Winfield is fun to watch. The linebackers have been a lot better this year. The Cansey kid, yeah. um, Kalaja Cansey, is, is a good player. Well, there are advanced numbers on the Bucks that point to their – defensive efficiency and, and how good they are. There's like three teams that have given up fewer touchdowns than Tampa Bay. Yeah. I mean, they, the Bucks will lose because they're not good offensively and they're not good as a team, but they, they'll they fight you on defense now. Yeah, who knows? If uh, if Buffalo's half-stepping offensively again tonight, maybe it happens. Maybe, maybe you're in the game. I doubt it. I'm not betting it, and I'd take Buffalo easily. And I think even mom, even poor mom, who hates doing it. I would t- think so. She's going to yeah. take Buffalo. I got to call her, though. I'm going to have to call her because I swept her last week. And part of that was I took Atlanta over Tampa Bay. And so I want to see if she's in her feelings or can she objectively look at this and be like, yeah, we're not going to beat Buffalo. I would think that offense has done enough now to prove to you. That you probably picked the other side. 
<laughs> you just don't know about mom, though. She is loyal. That game is at Buffalo, though. If it were in Tampa, I think she could get squirrely with the pick. But because it's uh, at uh, Highmark Stadium there in Orchard Park, Tom. that uh, the, Highmark, huh? Good old Highmark Stadium, buddy. Not the same as when we call out people's names that you've never heard of and don't know why they're related to the school in any way. Unless they're like T. Boone Pickens. Old T. Boone ended up kicking the bucket, never got to see any of that investment. When do you think he kicked the bucket? Oh, man. I, I should know that. So he gave like a billion dollars to that program in that stadium uh, five years ago? That's relatively close. Yeah, a little over four. Okay. 2019. Right, so I was pretty close, yeah. Didn't see COVID. T. Boone, he didn't make it to COVID. Yeah, he wouldn't have made it through. T-Bone was, uh, was, uh, he was up against it. But I remember that billion-dollar investment. You're like, man, you got to try to get me a championship before I fade. The fade is on, T-Boone. They're not close. Hour number two forthcoming.